Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazarak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 18, 2018. This is week three of the, <laughs> yes it is, of the 2018 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend and experienced fantasy football player, my co-host, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking about football again. It's obviously been a rough week for some teams and a great start for a couple other teams. And uh, around the fantasy world, but uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, this is where the rubber meets the road when the studs start to play like studs and all the aberrations start to go away. That's right. A lot of uh, surprises in week one. Uh, you're, you and you and me and FanX, we uh, took, a, took a, a loss in week one and fortunately had to come back on Monday night uh, with uh, a couple of key, key guys here producing for us. Uh, on Monday night and getting us the win uh, for the, Bear, the Bears. Of course, the Bears won that game. But, um, yeah, it's uh, kind of taking it on the chin in one or two leagues here. I got a couple, I got a 2-0 two, two and o team. Most of my teams are 1-1 one one, like most everyone out there probably is right now. Uh, one, one other thing, I wanted to tell the listeners out there that are listening to this, we are working an issue, a copyright issue. I'm not sure what's going on with iTunes. So the, the new shows that we were producing have not been uh, up on iTunes for the last year. And uh, we're, we're working it with Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Hopefully we're going to fix the issue and get, a, get the shows available every week up on iTunes for everyone that listens. Uh, there's been a drop in, in listenership, obviously, because a lot of people like to listen to us in the car, on the phone, wherever they are, and uh, they don't have access to our website via uh, you know, uh, the Internet or whatnot, or they just don't want to. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're working that issue, so we're fully aware because we've got a lot of people that are like, hey, how come I can't re- uh, listen to you on iTunes anymore? And we're working on that issue. Anyway, let's get right to the NFL news and notes of the week, a lot of important things to talk about. The big thing, of course, is what happened with Josh Gordon over the weekend. Uh, showed up uh, Saturday late uh, for the last uh, walkthrough uh, meeting with the Browns, and uh, he said he hurt his hamstring doing a photo shoot, a promotional shoot the night before that was not a team event. And um, the Browns thought about it and said, uh, this is the last straw. We're done with you. We're going to be releasing you. And a lot of teams heard about this and said, wait a minute, we'll trade for him. And, uh, of course, on Monday, uh, the news broke that. Who else? The rich get richer, right? The New England Patriots acquired, acquired Josh uh, Gordon in exchange for a conditional fifth-round pick. If he doesn't play at least or active for at least ten games the rest of the season, then they get a, a, a seventh-round pick back. Um, wow. It's like, it's like uh, he's due like 700000 and he's only going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year, so the Patriots could have control over him for the, not only this year but next year at a cheap rate. 
this sounds like a win-win for New England. Um, do you think that this was the right thing to do for for Cleveland? Were, you, were they really just uh, – would you have done what they did? What, what, do you, what do you think, Chris, and what does this mean fantasy football? Well, I don't know if it was the right thing to do, but it was certainly an understandable thing to do. They've waited for five years for this guy, and I can understand there's been a lot of straws, and if this is the one that broke the camel's back, so be it. Um, as far as uh, the impact on fantasy, um, it, oddly enough, I don't know if this changes Josh Gordon's fantasy potential that much because everyone that owned him was owning him for the upside that he showed in 2013. So that's, that upside is still there. Whether it's more or less realized, I'm not sure. Um, the, the big fantasy impact for the Patriots might be some consistency for scoring for Brady, and it'll open up the running game so that now Sony Michelle, if he takes over that lead role like a lot of people expect, could actually start to produce solid RB2, maybe even low on RB1 numbers if we get lucky. So I think that's where the impact is going to be on making their offense overall more effective. Um, and as far as the Browns go, my gut feeling is that um, it's going to increase the value of Rashard Higgins in PPR leagues and Antonio Callaway, in, in, certainly in Dynasty, but also in, in basic scoring leagues because he's going to be their deep threat that Gordon was, but he's going to take a lot of the targets that Gordon would have taken otherwise. We'll go to Higgins. Yep. Um, I tell you, uh, you have, have Josh Gordon on a couple of teams here. Uh, obviously, you know, you, uh, you you hope that he stays clean, and, and I'm not sure what's going through his head and all, but uh, it's kind of funny that he goes from a team that hasn't won in a couple of years now to a perennial Super Bowl contender uh, for, for screwing up. Uh, it's almost like he's rewarded for doing that, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Anyway, uh, moving on over to Philadelphia. Carson Wentz, the big news uh, on Monday – uh, that uh, he's been cleared to not only practice uh, but also play, and he's going to start this week. Uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach, says he's not going to be uh, restricted in what he can do. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey's still week to week, which means I don't think he's going to come back this week. They just lost Mike Wallace to a, a devastating uh, ankle injury there, out indefinitely, if not the whole season. Um, if you own Carson Wentz and say you got another guy like, uh, I don't know, well, you got Fitzpatrick or somebody that's doing pretty well, uh, do you, uh, do you even consider starting Carson Wentz, or you want to see what he's doing first? What do you think, Chris? I, I think it does. You kind of hit on it there. It really kind of depends on who else you have. Most of the people that have Carson Wentz uh, as their projected starter for the bulk of the year drafted a, a guy with good matchups for the first three or four weeks, kind of expecting this. So maybe you probably already have that guy. Uh, and and if, as long as you've got a guy with a good matchup, I don't play Wentz this week. Uh, ironically, in three of the leagues I'm in, the guy that has Wentz also picked up Mahomes. So obviously you're definitely not playing him with Mahomes. So, um, yeah. But uh, we'll talk more about him when we get to our clicks and flicks. But uh, I, my gut feeling is it totally depends on who else you have. You can make a case to start him because of the opposition. You can also make a really good case to bench him for at least a week. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, moving on over to Green Bay, Aaron Jones has served his two-game suspension, so he's returning uh, to the field this week. Uh, Jamal Williams has kind of been struggling. Of course, they've been playing against uh, some pretty good defenses there, uh, the Packers have, um, but he's not uh, seized that uh, lead role uh, for good. And it looks like uh, Jones is going to get his opportunity uh, to at least play, if not start this week. Uh, fantasy impact there. If Aaron Jones is on the waiver wire, you grab him, uh, Chris? Do you even consider starting him, or do you want to see what's going on? I think much like Wentz, you don't want to start him right away. You want to see what's going on, but you absolutely pick him up off the waiver wire if he's there. I can tell you that I drafted him or my auction league. I, I bought him at a low price uh, and just sat him on my bench for a couple weeks because I truly believe he's going to be far and away the best fantasy asset in the Green Bay uh, running back core this year. The question is, you know, can he stay on the field or can he get on the field right now? And so I, I think he's definitely a buy low right now. 
because I think his price is going to go up as, as he sees the field. But I don't think you can make a good case to start him this week until he gets in the flow of things. Uh, you know, maybe week four again, depending on the uh, the matchup. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there totally. Getting going back to Josh Gordon, I, I saw an interesting, stunning remark uh, uh, from from guys that know what's going on in the fantasy world in, in Yahoo Fantasy Sports. There were sixty thousand people that dropped. Josh Gordon, when it was announced he was going to be released or traded on Saturday uh, before uh, the game, and of course he wasn't going to play on Sunday, but that just boggles my mind. Uh, obviously, we uh, sent out a premium uh, quick notice via uh, email to our subscribers, and anyone don't play him, but hold him because you know he might end up with the Patriots or the 49ers or so, or even Dallas, somebody like that. And and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, none of our guys uh, dropped him at all. Can you believe 60,000 people dropped jo- dropped Josh Gordon on the drop of a hat just because of what happened on Saturday? Uh, the only thing I can think of was that in Yahoo leagues or ESPN leagues. What was that report from? That was Yahoo. Well, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. In, yeah, Yahoo in has Yahoo very Fantasy shallow Sports rosters. In, yep. So I kind of understand it there. It does make a lot of sense. They have shallow rosters and, and immediate pickups. So I totally understand it there. Personally, I made as soon as I, I heard that report about him being dropped or being let go by the Browns, I made a trade offer to the guy that owned Gordon every league I had trying to pick him up while everyone was panicking because I had a feeling – Again, you're banking on upside with risk for him anyway, so that doesn't change with the chance he could have gone somewhere else. So I, w- I was trying to pick him up myself. Did you, did you, were you able to convince anyone to trade him? Unfortunately, no, because the news about him going to the Patriots happened before most of those offers got seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, a couple of kicking notes, and uh, you know, it's like, uh, well, who cares about kickers? But these are important. Uh, the Vikings, uh, four rookie fifth-round draft pick uh, Daniel Carson, missed a couple of key field goals that would have won the game in overtime, uh, and he's gone. And uh, Dan Bailey was out there waiting, you know, the uh, one of the most accurate kickers in the game, uh, waiting for a good uh, uh, situation. He'd been he'd been all, made offered for four million plus a year, a multi-year deals from certain teams, but uh, you know they were losers or struggling. He's like, I'm going to play for winter wave and here we go the vikings came to him and offered him one year deal two million dollars he took it now he's a kicker for the vikings hopefully that'll pay off for him uh so obviously you guys can drop daniel carson and and dane bailey's a good pickup um the browns zane gonzalez basically cost them a win their first win in two years he missed what a couple of extra points and a couple of field goals i mean it was crazy uh, you know right right at the end of the game there uh, very makeable kicks He's gone, and they went ahead and signed Greg Joseph, so that's the new Browns kicker. He's going to be kicking on Thursday night against the Jets. And the Rams, uh, they, they kind of hurt everyone uh, last minute, late game out in uh, L.A. there. Uh, Greg Zerline hurt his groin in pregame warm-ups. Uh, the news didn't come out until after the game had already started. Uh, they ended up going for two on most of the kicks there. In fact, I think maybe their punter might have kicked an extra point or a field goal. Uh, anyway, they signed Sam Ficken, who was in camp with them earlier. So he's going to be kicking for at least the next two weeks. Greg Zerline out for two-plus weeks. So uh, put him aside, get pick up another kicker, or just go ahead and uh, drop him right off the bat, right off the bat there because it's not worth uh, holding on uh, to somebody there, especially a kicker, uh, if he's going to be gone for two-plus weeks. Could be gone for three or four. Anyway, uh, let's move on over to the injuries of note. Um, and the, here's the list. Marcus Marietta with elbow in, in Tennessee. Status unchanged. Uh, he's still got that elbow. He's still uh, having trouble gripping the football. We'll see what happens later in the week. Dalvin Cook with a hamstring went down late. 
He after the game he went he said he's fine. We'll see if he practices tomorrow and later this week. Leonard Fournette wasn't able to go. His status is still uncertain with a hamstring injury. We'll see. Uh, Joe Mixon uh, had uh, unexpected knee surgery uh, late uh, last week, uh, actually on Saturday after the game on Thursday night. He's expected to miss two to four weeks. So anyone out there, if you've got Gio, uh, Giovanni Bernard on your waiver wire, you should pick him up immediately. He's going to start in those weeks. Uh, J.J., uh, with his back in- injury, he was in and out of the Philly game. Status uncertain for this week. Corey Clement is the guy there, so if he's available, pick him up and play the waiting game there. Devonta Freeman with the knee expected to miss one to three more weeks, even though the coach, Dan Quinn, said he's day-to-day. We'll see what's going on there later this week. LaShawn McCoy, uh, they thought he broke his ribs, but it uh, looks like just rib cartilage damage. Um, he is listed as uh, uncertain. He wants to try to play. We'll see if he practices later this week. Doug Baldwin with the knee is out another week or so uh, in Seattle. We'll see if he even practices this week. We already said Alshon Jeffries week-to-week with a shoulder. Larry Fitzgerald with a hamstring injury is expected to play. It looks like it's minor down in Arizona. That's good for them because they need all the playmakers they can get after scoring nothing, uh, six points out of Arizona in two games. David Johnson owners are very upset about that. Marquise Goodwin with uh, the quad injury in uh, San Francisco. His status is uncertain. Mike Wallace, of course, out indefinitely with that ankle I mentioned earlier. Devontae Parker with a finger thought he would play this week. He's upset because he was uh, put on the inactive list, didn't play. Uh, we'll see if he practices uh, well this week and see what, if, they act, if they activate him there. And Hayden Hurst with a foot injury for Baltimore. He's out. He's not going to practice again this week. And so that's it for our injuries, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we want to remind everyone, obviously, to go to our website, ffmastermind.com. Uh, we're still pumping out the free NFL quick bit news information. Anything that's non-injury related is there for free uh, every day. Uh, also, we're posting free in-season eye sky scouting reports from our scouts around the NFL, including those from Chris Rito on the Indianapolis Colts. Our weekly fantasy newsletters include daily premium injury quick bits, expanded picks to click and flick, the market feature, uh, ranked 36 free agent uh, wide receivers in the market uh, tonight. It took about two hours to do that. It's <laughs> very, very time-consuming, but very uh, useful uh, for our subscribers. NFL game matchup analysis from John Cooney. He's uh, getting over aspiration pneumonia. Uh, aspiration pneumonia. Uh, he, he is doing better. For those of you who've asked about him, uh, he's getting back on track there, and uh, fortunately, he is recovering. Uh, we, we, he's going to be releasing that throughout the week. Uh, it might bleed into Saturday, but uh, he's doing the best he can. We appreciate all the hard work he does. Uh, of course, we release our rankings every Wednesday and update them on Saturday. Um, the price of the newsletter is $35.95. If you want to try it out, you can use this discount code. It's valid for one more week through this Friday. Edge 6, E-D-G-E 6, 
when you order, uh, put that in a discount field, and you'll get a 17% discount down to $29.95. Try us out for the rest of the year. Follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Now let's get right to the picks to click and flick for week three. These are guys you want to consider getting into your lineup or think, think twice about starting them this week and maybe put them on your bench. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why this week, Chris. Okay, well, when I was looking at the schedule this week, there's a lot of studs that have really great matchups and a lot of really bad players at all positions that have really tough matchups. So the pick clicks and flicks were a little tougher to find this week. So I'm going to try and give you some guys that probably wouldn't be starters for you normally as clicks, even more than I usually do. So I'll start with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's hard not to see this call coming. The Chiefs have allowed over 425 yards and three touchdowns each week, so they, they just show no signs of being able to stop anybody. This one looks like a shootout especially since the Chiefs should score easily on the Niners. So uh, I think Jimmy G would probably be a safe volume bet this week. And then uh, Matt Ryan, uh, he's got a very familiar foe. Over the last seven years, you know, 14 games now, he's averaging 315 yards a game against the Saints, and he's topped 288 yards in 11 of those 14, gone over 350 four times. Multiple TDs more often than not in this matchup, and I think the depleted Falcons D is likely going to give up points, so this may be another shootout as well. Okay, well, I'm going to give you an easy one. Uh, Red Hot uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, plays at home against the 49ers. you got to stick him in your lineup because, uh, you know, he's playing so well. I've got a league where I've got both Rivers and Mahomes. Rivers, of course, going against the Rams this week, so I am starting Mahomes. Kirk Cousins uh, had a big week last week. Uh, you know, I was concerned about this because the, the Vikings' defense is a good one, but I tell you, you know, against better teams like Green Bay, they struggle a little bit. That thing turned into a shootout before you knew it. He was throwing long touchdowns to get them into overtime, and, and uh, the thing ended up in a tie. But I think he's a lock for 25-plus points against the Bills at home. It would probably be a little bit less thrilling game. Uh, they should win fairly easy. He might end up throwing two or three touchdowns in the first half, but I think he'll get his points there. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about, a Sunday night game. Boy, that was really disappointing uh, for me as a Giant fan, but also it's just a fan of football because their offensive line and the lack of receivers for the Cowboys just made the game very, very boring. Uh, it also was hurting, hurt, hurtful because I had Sterling Shepard in that game and Cole Beasley. I needed a 12 combined PPR points to win my at one of my FFPC matchups, and I got seven and a half. So it hurt me. Anyway, Eli Manning, Giants getting killed by his poor offensive line against the Texans this week. Sit him. And Dak Prescott still not producing enough for fantasy start, even though they won that game. You sit him this week, too. Uh, give me a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris. Two guys you mentioned already. I'll start with Carson Wentz. Don't get me wrong, I am not a believer in this Colts pass defense, but they've showed a little more pressure than expected and the ability to contain the short passing game. <laughs> With Wentz being a little rusty, and not, they're not going to try to keep him in the pocket long enough for deeper routes to develop, he's missing some weapons. I'd leave him on your bench, like I mentioned earlier, one more week if you can to make sure he works out the kinks. And then Phil Rivers. Uh, the obvious thing here is that the Rams have a top-notch secondary and have not yet allowed a TD pass through two games, although to be fair, they played some really terrible quarterbacks. Uh, the biggest thing to me is that the Chargers will likely have more success on the ground and they'll likely try to limit the Rams' offense from taking the field by force-feeding Gordon a lot. I actually look for a fairly low-scoring game here despite two good offenses and reduce Rivers' numbers as a result. Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, two guys that are probably not – you're not thinking of starting otherwise, but uh, I'll start with Sony Michelle. He didn't have a lot of attempts last week, but fresh off a very limited work week, Michelle did leave the, the pa- lead the Patriots in rushes and rushing yards this week. And while his stats didn't look eye-popping, to the eye test, he really looked electric when he had the ball. He looked like a lead runner. Against the Lions' run defense that has been putrid, I expect him to get some chances and maybe even to break a long one to, for a score. You know, this ain't the Jags this week. This is the Lions. 
And I like Lamar Miller this week. Manny's going to look at the Giants only allowing one rushing touchdown and overreact to a very touchdown-dependent guy like Miller. But the Giants also have the fourth-worst yards per carry and the fourth-most yards allowed, averaging over 5.2 yards per carry. Miller's a high-volume rusher with no competition for touches. He averaged five yards per carry and 17 carries a game so far, and that's with Houston falling behind a lot. They're not going to trail. Miller's going to grind the clock this week. Okay. A couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, why wouldn't you like uh, Matt Bright after he had a long touchdown run and he leads the NFL in rushing this week? He's playing the Chiefs. They struggle against the run. So if you need Bright up, put him in your lineup. Uh, I'm certainly going to start him in a 14-team non-PPR league uh, as one of my flex running backs. Jordan Howard in Chicago um, didn't get, see as many carries as, as he should have late in the game on on, on Monday night, but uh, they did win the game, and he got his yards and such. He also caught some passes there. I think the uh, Cardinals are going to struggle to stop him, especially in the red zone. Uh, so I think Howard's going to score this week, so make sure you get him in your lineup. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Uh, you got to stick with them, and you got to hope and pray and cross your fingers and hope that Steve Wilkes gets uh, gets with uh, Mike McCoy there and they get uh, David Johnson back on track because he's going to be struggling on the ground against the Bears this week. However, he should be used more in the passing game. Um, he's, he's, been, he's been seeing only about 9% of the routes in the slot where uh, under Bruce Arians back in 2016, he was actually being seeing almost 30% of the routes there. And, of course, Wilkes says he's going to make that adjustment. We'll see uh, because six points is not going to cut it from David Johnson. So temper your expectations there, but you've got to stick with them and hope things improve. Uh, Duke Johnson is another guy that uh, <laughs> it's just not getting enough touches to make anything to do. Uh, I started him a couple of leagues in week one. I sat him last week, and I'm glad I did. He's still still not seeing enough touches. Of course, uh, uh, J- Jackson, uh, the uh, the coach, um, uh, says that he's going to get uh, – we've got to get Duke Johnson going. But this uh, is the Cleveland Browns, okay? I think Hyde is going to get most of the touches there against the Jets on, on uh, Thursday night. So I just don't trust it. I want to see Duke Johnson actually score 10-plus fantasy points in a PPR system before I even start him. So I'd sit him once again this week. A couple of running backs that you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, I'll start with Giovanni Bernard. I do like him, and I think he's a must-add in all scoring systems, especially PPR, uh, especially for the next month. But this week he's got a tough opponent. The Panthers play really well at home. I think they are more vulnerable on the outside in the passing game, so I expect Bernard's looks to be somewhat limited this week, uh, even though he will carry the load as a running back. He'll be a popular DFS play due to the price and the workload, but I expect success to be limited this week. Another guy that's really fallen off is Royce Freeman after high expectations. Two weeks of ineffective running and two weeks of reduced snaps and touches as compared to the other rookie running back, Philip Lindsay. He's going to have to show it to me before I trust him yet. And this week against the Ravens does not look like the week for him to show me something. Not real keen on Lindsay this week either, but Freeman is a definite bench until further notice. Okay, and a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, two guys that are going to make really great bargain basement cheap plays, especially to help your DFS lineup. I'm going to start with D.D. Westbrook. Under the radar, he's had amazingly similar numbers in targets, catches, and yards to Keelan Cole, but Cole's getting all the attention from fantasy owners. He's the best deep threat on the team, facing a team that has been beaten deep each week so far. He's far and away the closest thing to Will Fuller and Kenny Stills on the wide receiver core, so I look for another chance for a score for Didi. And then a real sneaky PPR play would be Ryan Grant. Uh, the Eagles have a great run defense. The Colts have no running game. However, the Eagles have also allowed the third most targets and receptions and yards to receivers, and the Colts have shown that they will use the short passing game like a running game. Remember what Ryan Grant did week one, who shockingly caught eight short passes as they used that little dink and dunk as a running game to protect luck. I expect a very similar game plan this week and a decent PPR total. 
Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like at wide receiver this week. Keelan Cole, Jacksonville, burns the Titans for a score. He's uh, becoming the number one wide receiver. I don't know if you saw that one-handed OBJ-type catch he made on the sidelines down the down the sidelines this past Sunday, but uh, he's a real talent coming into his own. And uh, my, my one of my favorite summer sleepers that I drafted in probably 70% of my leagues is a fifth or sixth wide receiver, John Brown. In Baltimore, he's healthy. Well, guess what? He scored each week the past two weeks. They're home, and they're playing the Broncos, but there's no Aqib Tlaib. So you stick with John Brown. I think he's going to score and do well against the Broncos this week uh, as well again. Uh, a couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week, Tyler Lockett. Uh, you know, he's scoring uh, each of the past two weeks without Baldwin there. But the Cowboys secondary is for real. They really shut the down the clamps on OBJ. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett's going to struggle here. He might catch a couple of passes, but I think it's going to be very tough to score. And Kelvin Benjamin of Buffalo, he did score on a short pass this past week, but Xavier Rose of Minnesota is going to be all over him. Uh, this is not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is Josh Allen. So you sit uh, Kelvin Benjamin against Minnesota this week. A uh, couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I'll start with Randall Cobb. To the eye test, Geronimo Allison definitely appears to be getting more favor from Rodgers, and Cobb is very volume-dependent for his fantasy value. Uh, although the Redskins have allowed a ton of targets and receptions to number one receivers, they've allowed very little to all the other guys. So I don't expect there's going to be a lot of volume for anyone not named Devontae Adams this week. And Cobb, therefore, has a very low floor, especially in PPRs. And I know this sounds crazy because I'm a big believer in the personal history type of things. I look at Keenan Allen. His last eight games against NFC opponents, he's averaging nine catches for 132 yards per game. And his last three, he had at least 12 catches a game, and he's still on my flick list because despite playing from way ahead in both games, the Rams' secondary has only allowed two and five PPR points to number one receivers in the first two games, limiting Amari Cooper, Cooper and Larry Fitzgerald to a total of four catches and 37 yards. They've only allowed 12 receptions to wide receivers total, again, playing with huge leads. I think is this is one of those days where you're going to temper your expectations from Allen despite his history. Yeah, I totally agree with you about Allen. Uh, I've got him a couple of places, uh, but uh, in a couple of places where I've also got Gordon, I specifically did not draft Allen. I drafted Devontae Adams for the variety and, uh, of course, to avoid this type of situation. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you like this week and why? Uh, O.J. Howard has, got, has intrigued me this week. He continues to be the tight end of choice for Fitzmagic. Amazingly, he has all the tight end targets through two games in Tampa, despite that big contract they gave to Cameron Brate, who also went to Harvard, like, like Fitzpatrick. Uh, with the Steelers having allowed a ton of tight end targets so far and two touchdowns to Kelsey last week, I can see Howard adding some volume to his big play potential. And then I like David Njoku on Thursday night. He's got the most targets on the team from anyone not named Jarvis Landry. He's had seven each game and is due to turn those, that – that volume into something. You know Tyrod Taylor likes using the tight end heavily, so I have a suspicion that some of those targets forfeited by Gordon, especially in the red zone, are going to go to Njoku. And for whatever it's worth, he did score a touchdown versus the Jets as a rookie last year. So we'll see what happens. Okay. What about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about? I am not crazy about Jack Doyle this week. Very few teams cover the tight end as well as the Eagles over the last few years, and without PPR volume, Doyle's stock is pretty low. In fact, if not for a broken play 75-yard score to Howard last week, the Eagles have only allowed five catches through two games to the tight end and are among the league leaders in targets, receptions, yards allowed, uh, even including that one play. Uh, Another guy I don't like is Austin Hooper. Uh, The last three seasons have shown that teams simply do not successfully throw to the tight end against New Orleans. And so far this year, they've shut down O.J. Howard and Njoku through two weeks. So I suspect that a pedestrian talent like Hooper will get little play either. Low volume, low success rate, poor history, all say bench for Hooper to me. 
Okay, a couple of tight ends that I like this week. Uh, Mark Andrews, a rookie in Baltimore. Of course, everyone wants to see how Hayden Hurst is doing, but he's got the foot injury. He's not going to be playing. I just got a gut feeling that Andrews is going to score once again, second week in a row against the Broncos this week. And George Kittle, San Francisco, he should uh, ring it back up like he did in week one. Uh, he, he certainly struggled this past week, uh, but that was against Detroit. Uh, against the Chiefs, they struggle against the tight end so far this, this year. They've been struggling against everybody. Jesse James had a big game against them this past week. I think George Kittle is going to continue that trend. A couple of guys that uh, that I'm not uh, high on this week, and in fact, I'm probably going to bench them in my league. Uh, both Ben Watson and Tyler Eifert, very iffy guys to do much of anything. Watson did have a, a wide open opportunity that Drew Brees just to throw over his head in the end zone, but he ended up catching what three or four passes of. 20, 30, 40 yards, something like that. He's just not seeing enough targets to make a big impact there. He's way down the list in the targets for Drew Brees. And Tyler Eifert, uh, that back, that many, many back injuries and, and back uh, surgeries that he's gone under, just taken away his physical uh, ability to uh, consistently be on the field. They're rotating him in with Tyler Croft and as well as C.J. Uzuma. Uh, and uh, so Eifert uh, catches a couple of passes this past week. He's uh, playing in an ugly three-man uh, uh, tight end rotation. Sit him and avoid him. All right, uh, Chris, uh, let's tie, it's time for your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. These are guys that m- you might want to consider that you don't normally think about for kickers and defense the situation. Hit me with them. Well, I'll start with Sam Fick, and we mentioned him earlier. The Rams offense – We'll give him a ton of opportunity. His availability on the waiver wire plus total lack of name recognition means you can go get him right now and you can put him right in, possibly for several weeks in a row with that offense. And then even though he's not a real nobody, but he's probably in your waiver wire, Dan Bailey, um, obviously the most accurate kicker in NFL history, goes to a high-scoring indoor team with a history of a lot of field goal attempts. you got to get him for this week and maybe even for the rest of the season. He's got a week 10 bye. That means you can put off replacing your kicker for a long time. I really like those two pickups. Uh, high-profile offenses right now. And then for defenses, I do like the Cowboys, uh, even though they're traveling to Seattle. Seattle's much better at home, but in their first two road games, they've allowed six sacks in each of the first two games, and the pass rush is, is, is something that the Dallas defense does offer. So I think that they're going to struggle uh, keeping uh, Russell Wilson upright. And then I'd like the Browns uh, hosting the Jets on Thursday night. I mean, it's a rookie quarterback making his first start in a short week against a home team defense that is really far better than a lot of people realize. I think the Browns know they could be 2-0 and right now, and they're going to be amped for their first national game in a long time. Okay. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, stick with us, you know, because we're, we are trying our best to get back up on iTunes there. Come to the website, visit us. If you want to try us one more time, uh, the Fantasy Newsletter can be had for a discount of $6 to $29.95 if you use the code EDGE6. That's at ffmastermind.com. Thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week four of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.